0: Welcome in to the Hot Hangout Podcast. We're glad to have you here joining us for this one. We are officially on our second set of 50 episodes, episode 51, coming at you here today. Uh, we want to welcome you in. Joey, hope you're doing well,
1: my friend. What's going on? Oh, you know, still recovering from the COVID, still got a little cough, so I've got my nice little tea here with my, if you like the uh, mug here.
0: <laughs> for those who uh, are listening to the audio version joey's holding up a mug that says would that say joey doesn't make food no joey doesn't
1: share food oh joey doesn't share food <laughs> yeah from the That's uh better. from friends if you uh yeah. don't know the reference there so there uh, but go. yeah nice. got my tea got a uh, got my cough drops and water and i'm ready to talk ahsoka episode seven nice yes we
0: have lots uh, of episode seven stuff to talk about it's gonna be a great one definitely a fantastic episode that we got yesterday make sure if you haven't checked out the reaction uh, that is now available on the hoth hangout youtube channel which of course we want to say if you're not subscribed there check us out on youtube uh, at hoth hangout on that platform thank you to the 330 of you that are subscribed over there and if you're an audio podcast listener you can always catch the podcasts available anywhere you get them on thursday mornings at 11 a.m eastern Whether it's spotify Apple, or anywhere else in the podcast universe and leave a five-star review on those platforms. We would very much appreciate that. You can also catch us on the socials, including TikTok, Instagram, and X at Hoth Hangout on each of those. As well, you can also email us anytime with your Star Wars or just general questions, hothhangout at gmail.com. We're always checking in there as well. And uh, as Joey previously mentioned today, we are going to be breaking down and talking some Ahsoka Episode 7. Uh, before we do that, we do have just a couple noteworthy things that happened in the world of Star Wars in the last week. Uh, prior to hopping into it, I do want to take 10 seconds, just real quickly, to to show off the new sweatshirt I got. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> for those of you watching or listening to the podcast, rather than watching it, I'm rocking a Hoth Glacier National Park sweatshirt today. So. Came in the mail today. I was like, all right, I know what I'm wearing for the podcast tonight. <laughs> that is a beauty. Yeah. Um, To kick off our little bit of news we got before we start talking some Ahsoka Episode 7, uh, a, a cool piece of news, kind of a, a cool nugget here came out. Uh, for those who know Guillermo del Toro, uh, a very renowned director, I think his most recent film might be the Pinocchio movie from like two years ago, I want to mm. say. Uh, But a very well-known, very well-established, a very creative director, um, considered probably to be like one of the best in the world, I I would say, arguably. Um, Along with David Goyer, who is, uh, I guess, a well-known writer, which I did not know prior to my uh, learning this information that we're about to share. About six years ago, the two of them had a Star Wars movie that was slated uh, to be about the... Jedi or the Origin of the Jedi, roughly twenty five thousand years before sort of the Skywalker trilogy that we're all very familiar with. However, it was not greenlit by Lucasfilm. and so uh, unfortunately, that movie went by the wayside. However, it sounds like it would have been something that's pretty cool. And maybe now that we're getting, I think, something in kind of the same time frame, at least from the recent Lucasfilm announcement a few months back uh, with the three upcoming movies, Maybe they'll allude to some of the things that were written about in this script and and the upcoming film here in about three or four years or whenever it gets released. Um, So, yeah, kind of a cool bit of information. And then in regards specifically to this information, when it was brought up actually on Twitter or X, uh, Guillermo del Toro, in response to sort of this podcast clip that went viral for the, uh, the writer David Goyer talking about this supposed movie that was in production at one point in time. Guillermo del Toro said, true, can't say much, maybe two letters, and then in quotations, J and BB. And then he said, is that three letters? So uh, (laughs) J and BB were really the only hints, kind of vague, and fans theorized that maybe this meant that it was a Jabba movie, (laughs) Jabba the Hutt. Jabba's a Jedi? What? Excuse me? Yeah. (laughs) Not sure if that was what he was going for with J and BB, but... um, you know, we can always speculate. We can always theorize. Maybe someday we'll actually get the script for this. Maybe it will just happen mm-hmm. to leak itself uh, onto Reddit or something. Who knows? So I
1: liked your uh, theory before we started talking the BB-8 story, you know, maybe yeah. Jedi, Jedi <laughs> BB-8, you know. Yep. The, the first, first droid. droid. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. First droid to be a Jedi. And then he came all the way back and uh, comes full circle in, in the sequel trilogy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we should also
0: mention here as well that uh as of today uh, we don't really have it in our show notes because it's pretty recent news as as the time of this recording uh but just maybe like within the last six to eight hours i want to say the writer strike is officially ended um i saw it on social media earlier today which is great news if you're a star wars fan uh that means we are going to be getting more star wars shows sooner Yes. So, uh, big score for all Star Wars fans everywhere. That's we're right. Getting That's, right Liam
1: That's right, Liam Neeson. You heard him. More Star Wars. <laughs> Suck it, Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, we just found the name for this episode, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. I'm sure that'll be great in the title. For For those that don't understand what we're talking about with the Liam Neeson thing, a few episodes back, Liam Neeson was quoted in some, you know, article or something that he was being interviewed for and said, he just thinks Star Wars is too diluted, which you know the argument can be made. But recent Star Wars, Ahsoka, um, I think that's kind of pushed back against that statement a little bit, Liam. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, hence, suck it, Liam.
1: I think he's just mad that <laughs> he got he got a lightsaber through the the cav- the body cavity, and he didn't make it. And yeah, there's and then he at watched least some two other two other people survived those types of injuries. So maybe he's just bitter about that. I, w- I to be fair I do love the character of oh,
0: yeah, Gon, exactly. and I love Liam Neeson. Just I was not a fan of that take so.
1: Um
0: <laughs> uh, might want to rethink your your Star Wars take Liam Neeson, who knows. <laughs> the other cool piece of information we got, actually two more pieces, uh the first of which of those remaining two is that there is going to supposedly uh be a third installment of the Uh, the video game franchise, Star Wars Jedi. Uh, This is kind of confirmed, but not officially confirmed by the studios. The lead actor for this video game franchise, Cameron Monaghan, who is himself a huge Star Wars fan and and has been a huge advocate, uh, not only for the game, but just for Star Wars in general. I know he's been to, um, uh, help me with the name, Joey, Star Wars uh, uh, in Chicago, um oh uh what? uh
1: for celebration Star Wars celebration Yes yes about? thank yeah. you.
0: Mm-hmm. I blanked out on the name for some reason yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he was at the most recent Star Wars celebration and mm-hmm. and you know he's he's been a bit big advocate for just Star Wars as a whole and so supposedly according to an interview with Cameron monaghan uh their third installment of the Star Wars Jedi uh franchise is currently in the works this is of course not confirmed yet by the studio respawn entertainment or the publisher electronic arts Uh, but you know if you're if the lead actor for your franchise who's already been involved in two of the you know pieces of production is is saying this publicly um this sounds like we are confirmed which it was probably going to happen anyways but now it sounds like Mm -hmm. it might be potentially as soon as 2025 so right um, we'll see hopefully so and and I know you and I are both big fans of the first two games.
1: Yeah, and, and hopefully we'll actually finish the second game by the time the third <laughs> game comes out, because we still yeah. are on, like, the third planet or something like that of the uh, Jedi Survivor.
0: Yeah, yeah. We got we got a decent, like, 10% of the way through that game <laughs> or right, something yeah. like that. So it's a beautiful we game. We do though. have to get back to that. It is, honestly. It is. Mm-hmm. For anyone that's never seen the games, they're really well done and really beautifully made, so... Mm-hmm. Um, exciting news that we're going to be getting a third one hopefully here in the next two years or so keep an eye out for that last piece of uh i guess kind of news but more so just like a personal <laughs> thing that we wanted to share um, something we've mentioned i think a few times recently um is that the ahsoka skin officially became available in Fortnite recently i believe it was Three, two, three days ago, Joey? Is that sound yeah, right? Yeah,
1: on, on Tuesday it was, actually. So at Tuesday. the time of this recording, it was yesterday.
0: Okay, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. roughly 24 hours ago at the time mm-hmm. of this recording, um, that it is officially unlockable. And Joey, in fact, had, had blocked out, I think, like, what? Like, maybe
1: four, five, six hours to do this? Listen, I took the day off yesterday because <laughs> I had no idea how long it was going to take because I think there were... I want to say nine particular things you had to do in the game in order to unlock all of the cosmetics and the skin itself. So I I wasn't sure how difficult any of this would be. So I I just said, you know what? I have some days I can burn. I'm going to, I'm going to take the day off. And so I, for those who didn't see, there is a YouTube stream of me unlocking it. So you can go view that on our YouTube channel. (laughs) And what I thought was going to be four, five, six hours ended up only being two hours. It was actually very easy to do. So um, I don't know if you have you been able to get done, do it yet or no, not yet.
0: No, no. In fact, I I haven't uh, I haven't seen what it looks like in game yet, other than through the stream here on the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel that you did. So. I vicariously saw it secondhand through, through your <laughs> gameplay,
1: but I have not—I have yet to experience it for my own. So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and and the, like I said, the quests for it are, are quite easy. There's a couple, a couple of them were like collect three coins at this location. I'm like, okay, I could do that, you know. So nothing, nothing too crazy. The hardest the hardest quest was to deal a certain amount of damage with a melee weapon, which would be the lightsabers that are yeah. back in the game um so saw that? I, I had to get you know i i essentially had to eliminate four players with it so i think that that's what it ended up happening so pretty fun it was a, it was a fun little quest not too difficult so if anybody's a fortnite and a star wars fan uh go make sure you do it and get that ahsoka skin
0: all i know is that i hopped on youtube yesterday afternoon and uh i saw that you had like already done the whole stream And then I saw the timestamp and it was less than two hours. And I was like, Whoa, he like, he did that so fast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then I went back and I watched a little bit of it. So, um, yeah, again, I'll mention that if you have not checked out the, uh, most recent live stream on the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel, you can catch Joey unlocking the Ahsoka Fortnite skin. So, uh, check it out. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll try to remember to link that down in the show notes of this episode as well. For those of you interested in watching that Very last thing, not so much news, but just something we want to reiterate that we talked about last time in last week's uh, podcast episode that for the 50th anniversary of the Hoth Hangout podcast, which we celebrated last week, we are doing a 50th episode. 50th episode did i say 50th anniversary you did i just i just aged us like 50 years um, if, if we're still
1: doing this podcast in 50 years i
0: i wouldn't be i wouldn't be mad about it i'm the same market we're gonna clip this and it's gonna go viral in 50 years uh the 50th episode i should say of of the hoth hangout podcast we celebrated last week and in honor of the 50th episode um, courtesy of Top Shelf Breaks, a good friend of the podcast who has also been on an episode of the podcast, um, which we've mentioned a few times before. That, uh, courtesy of Top Shelf Breaks, he is giving away a Star Wars Super Box, Super Card Box. What is the official name for
1: this, Joey? Uh, the product is flagship, um, and the, it's a, a flagship Super Box. We did do a little bit of a uh, box break of it here on mm-hmm. the channel as well. So you, you know, if you want to take a look at that, you could take. A, Take a gander of what we pulled here. But yeah, the Chris at Top Shelf Breaks was kind enough to give us this uh, this little promotional gift to our followers. So uh, yeah, check it out. And you know, if you want to enter, please enter.
0: Yeah, shout out to Chris at Top Shelf Breaks. Again, thank you to him for for providing it. And um again, if you're wanting to enter in order to receive this, all you have to do is comment hashtag hoffy anniversary that's h-o-t-h-y anniversary in the comments of the youtube video of episode 50 or episode 51 this episode you are currently listening to in order to be entered uh this is also only available to those of you in the u.s uh because international shipping is a little bit pricey so um this is of course just for u.s viewers only for this giveaway so Uh, Again, hashtag Anniversary. if you're wanting to enter that. Well, Jilly, we have gone over the news. We have discussed a few other nuggets of information we wanted to get to. Should we hop in to Ahsoka Episode 7 discussion? I would like to. (laughs) Okay. Uh, To kick us off with the Ahsoka Episode 7 talk, we, on our most recent reaction video, which was posted yesterday at the time of, or no, excuse me, it posted this morning at the time Mm -hmm. of this recording, um, get losing track of days here now, yeah um, two comments we wanted to highlight from that video regarding I think both of them have to do with Senator Zeno today mm-hmm. and uh this was Ziono. a key scene uh, Ziono, excuse yeah. me, I can't even like pronounce this guy's <laughs> name i st- I just see the X in his name and I get nervous, and I'm like, I don't know
1: well it's all it's all Twitter's fault. you see the x you you have fear in your heart, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: uh Senator Ziono is Taz's dad from Resistance. This is courtesy of Kid uh, Caduceus. I hope I am not butchering that name. Uh both of these comments actually come from friends of the podcast. So, um shout out to Kid Caduceus and Altvasuvi for these two comments, but uh Kid Caduceus says Senator Ziono is Kaz's dad from Resistance. Although we didn't really get much out of his allegiance in the series. So, um for those that don't know Star Wars Resistance is a an animated show which follows the story of kaz i have personally not seen this show Mm -hmm. uh joey i know you have seen i know more than me have you seen all of it yeah i watched both seasons of it yes okay and uh this may be something we do following the the ahsoka hype uh when we're when we're you know coming up with some more ideas for episodes maybe in the the late 50s perhaps we we might do a a resistance review and breakdown, especially cause I've, I've never seen it and I'm, I'm definitely interested, mm-hmm. especially now that they're starting to incorporate stuff from, uh, from resistance into, you know, the more mainstream star Wars stuff like Ahsoka. So, right. Um, basically all that to say that Senator Ziono is kind of pushing back against definitely against Hera and a little bit against Mon Mothma. Yep. Uh, and has this sort of not, not, kind, not-friendly attitude towards Hera.
1: Nunc got a good vibe, that's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, on the same note, uh, as Kid Caduceus's comment, Aunt Vesuvi says, thanks, Ben and Joey, it's strongly suggested in Resistance that Senator Ziono is sympathetic to the First Order. Mm -hmm. So, this would make a lot of sense, judging from the way we've seen him act in this show. You and I mentioned when we saw him for the first time and kind of saw his demeanor and his language that uh it seemed like he was an imperial plant or that he had yeah. imperial ties at the very least so um you know senator ziono not yep. not looking like a not looking like a true member of, <laughs> of the uh of the new republic in that regard yeah
1: i'm uh, i'm i'm excited to see cuz he's one of those characters that you could easily also forget about you know you you notice him because he's causing a ruckus but then you know, episodes later, you kind of forget about that his existence, but he may come in, you know, later, later down the line. Up, you know, maybe more of a season two type of storyline. Yep. Um, that can really put a wrench in the entire in the entire deal here. Yeah, I could definitely see him teaming up with Thron in season two. I'm just saying,
0: taking his side over Mon Mothma's. Be on the lookout for it. Uh, Thank you again to both of uh, those who provided those comments. We appreciate you. And and again, for anyone that's listening to this episode of the podcast or any future reaction episode or podcast episode, um, always feel more than welcome and free to comment. And hopefully we can use some of those, some great comments here in the podcast breakdowns and we can discuss them as well. All right. Well, to kick off episode seven, Joey and I mentioned during our reaction that we're like, man, we I, like you know, we love Hera, we love uh we love Mon Mothma, but we kind of want to spend all of our time this episode on pridia And then of course the episode opens <laughs> uh with this New Republic, you know, council senate meeting with Hera because she's disobeyed the rules and you know, Senator Ziono is upset at her and Mon Mothma is like trying to remain neutral throughout all of this. And so uh Hera's called into this New Republic hearing and and uh Senator Ziono, of course, is giving these doubts and wanting to even court-martial Hera. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, probably the the coolest surprise of the episode, in my opinion, uh, oh, yeah. was that we hear this familiar voice. Someone we ha- hold true and dear in our hearts as Star Wars fans, C3PO came into this scene. In fact, Joey, you said when we when it happened, you're like, that's not was that wasn't on my twenty twenty three bingo card or something <laughs> like right. that. Yeah. I mean, well, what do you think about his inclusion? In I the, think in the scene?
1: I think it's only fair. I feel well. Isn't C three PO and R two the only ones that are in every every movie? Right.
0: Yeah. So the only movie I this is another fun fact. I'm glad you said that because I read this today. C three PO now. I think he held the record anyways before this, but he now holds the record alone for most live action appearances ah. in Star Wars, and he's been in all. 11 movies except for solo makes sense so he makes sense he's been in uh, episodes one through nine and rogue one rogue one which is uh 10 yeah then he's also now been in obi-wan and ahsoka ah okay so so he's been in 12 live action you know production or star wars productions or whatever you know pieces of star wars media um which is the current current record holder so shout out to c3po
1: Yeah, Anthony Daniels, eating good. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, okay, just like random thought. How much do you think someone like Anthony Daniels gets paid to have like a 60 second cameo in the
1: episode like he had? I mean, gosh, I don't even know what the rates would be with something like that. I don't know, like. Like, like, is it seven? Is it seven (laughs) figures? No, surely (laughs) not. Surely not. I I wouldn't think so. I surely not. I mean, you know. Couple hundred thousand, I would think. Like, I have no context for what yeah. what something like that would be. <laughs> Only because he's like a huge legacy actor in Star Wars, you right, know what right, I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I wonder. What, we we need to find out what his like appearance fee at like shows are. And <laughs> yeah, kind of you know, and try to figure it out from that, and then multiply it by ten. <laughs> exactly. Maybe we should, you know, for for research purposes, we'll try to get him on this podcast. Right. See how much it is, and be like, okay, well then we'll then we could do like a tier list of like actors through Star Wars, so like where would you would rate everyone else yeah uh, side note, I feel like Anthony Daniels would be just the coolest person
0: to interview. Mm-hmm. He seems like he'd be very kind he's got mm-hmm. that sweet you know the sweet British
1: accent and yes. uh it just seems like a really really cool dude so. and he, he i i think i believe i saw him at celebration or at least i saw footage of him at celebration he can take over a room for sure so i bet if, yeah. if he were to if we were somehow blessed with his presence here on the podcast i think you and i would just ask one question and then an hour and a half later we would have the episode done you know so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty fun yeah
0: maybe uh episode 1000 anthony
1: daniels yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah in uh for our 50th anniversary maybe you know
0: <laughs> yeah it all it all ties back yeah uh also worth mentioning that c-3po in this scene is representing leia uh to say that she has approved the mission by hera and apparently leia was supposed to be uh present at the defense council that senator Ziono was ruling at so in a way she was like how dare you have this and not have my opinion when i'm the leader right. of the defense council which you know obviously they Unless they want to do some major CGI work, it would be pretty tough to like incorporate Leia into the episode. And so, mm-hmm. um, I thought this was a pretty good way to go about it. And you know, still a little bit fanservicey.
1: y yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, having C three PO and Leia, I think we would just blow in our mind completely. So, I think that to send C three PO here makes sense, and also, you know, get you're able to include Leia into the storyline, which I, you know, which I, which I appreciate. Right. Yeah, that was, I did appreciate
0: that as well. You know, it was a very sentimental moment without her actually being on the screen. It almost still felt like she was in a way. That's Star Wars for um, you. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, After we catch the opening scene with uh, with Hera and Mon Mothma and Senator Ziono and C-3PO, uh, and I shouldn't leave out your guy, Carson Teva, it's important, we he room- actually had a... He had like a little like background side conversation with C three PO. Yeah, uh, when Hera went to talk with Mon. Macho, that's gonna that's hard. gonna
1: be in the next uh, from a certain point of view. Like what you know that's the overall yeah. like, just that conversation. I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the
0: next scene we go to is Ahsoka and uh, Huyang flying through the hyperspace inside the Pergel's mouth and um, toward towards Peridia still, and they're nearing it. But as they're Still in the mouth of the Purgle, Ahsoka is training, doing her forms. And the cool part of this episode we get to see is that Anakin is quotes teaching her more or less. Uh, it's in hologram form, and it's being recorded during the Clone Wars, obviously. But um, just a really cool moment. Another way to kind of include Hayden Christensen into the into the script of the show and give him this scene to. You know, make him feel like he's there, even though he's we know he's not. He name drops Dooku and Maul and and Assage Ventress, which was I, I yes, think that's I the thought first that was, time very cool. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: I think that's the first time Assage has been mentioned in live action. I would I would I would bet on that, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure. Right. And if anyone else knows of a time where she was mentioned
0: in live action, let us know in the comments of the YouTube video, but um, I, I, I heard that and I was like, I don't think we've like, mm-hmm. you know, by the way, uh, can we talk about a show that I would love to get at some point? That's here. hear it. An Asajj Ventress show where, you know, we kind of see the entire progression of the character from, you know, being recruited and and then working for Dooku and then splitting off and then, you know, the Quinlan Vos storyline if mm-hmm. they chose choose to go the route with the way the book does. Anyway, big side I mean, note. I but. mean,
1: the. Greatest way to, and I think you've mentioned this in the past. A great way to introduce her, I mean, I guess we already did, obviously, in the Clone Wars. But if we had uh, Tales of the Jedi, maybe right. a series about her, that'd be a yeah. good way to, you know, start up that storyline and yeah. to get a lot more information on her. And you know, then they can see if how how well that you know is received, and then you know, then you get more more content on her. That would be great. Yeah, we we need some massage content. That's all I'm saying. I'm
0: right with it. Uh, the next thing, as the pergles are exiting hyperspace, uh, ah- Ahsoka is kind of antagonizing Hu Yang during the scene. It, it's it makes for a <clears> bit, <throat> bit of a humorous moment in the episode. Um, and and so of course,
1: I want to mention here, you know, as to you know, a couple episodes back when we had Alex on, you know, when yeah. she had mentioned how much more lighthearted Ahsoka is now after yep. coming out of the uh, world between worlds. So this. This is another time that we kind of see her smile, crack, you know, cracking jokes with Hu Yang. So mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, I think that's, we. I, I, I just wanted to note that again. It just seems like we're seeing Ahsoka from a new perspective, kind of what we are used to Ahsoka being, right. a little bit more lighthearted, you know, a little bit more funny, and maybe that's what had to happen in order for her um, to get back to this.
0: Yeah, that's a great thing to point out. I'm glad you said that. Just, there's a noticeable difference in her demeanor in the last episode or two since you know going through the whole thing with Anakin and the world between worlds. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it bears noting because you can see it on her face. And, and credit to Rosario Dawson for pulling this off as as an actor. I mean, it's not like an... It's a very subtle change in the way she's portraying Estoka. Mm, mm-hmm. But it's enough to make you notice that Ahsoka feels very emotionally changed by the experience with Anakin. So, right. Uh, and and this is, you know, another kind of silly example of it. But, you know, look in the picture we have here on the video version of the podcast. Ahsoka is smiling. And again, to reiterate, I don't think we saw her smile in the first four episodes of this show. Right. Yeah,
1: I think. So, well, I think we did see her smile once and we even took a screenshot of it because it seemed so off, you know, it, it, it looked <laughs> right. kind of confusing to have her actually smile. She was much more of the serious type of Jedi or non-Jedi whatever. And, you know, now, now we're kind of used to it now that we've seen her, you know, be a little bit happier after this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it is a cool way that, um, that the writers for this show chose to portray her character through that experience. And, you know, to, to compare it to the, the Lord of the Rings, you know, similarity that now she's Ahsoka, the white people
1: are calling her. Right. Yeah.
0: Now that she's gone through this change. So, you know, some parallels to Gandalf, perhaps.
1: And I remember even at, during the Rebels finale when she had changed, um, you know, yeah. when, when, you know, which ends up being part of the, the first episode here on the uh, Soka. It just seems the it's, you know, so w- people took notice of it then and, you know, made those types of references. I mean, she had a huge staff, by the way, you know, kind of reminds you of Gandalf. So I think they, they did take some inspiration from that as well yeah yeah um the other
0: kind of humorous part about this scene is that as the purgles are dropping out of hyperspace um they you know they they fly into this minefield that has been laid as a trap and um uh, who <laughs> yang jokingly says you know the the whales are all in the minefield and they're getting hit by these mines and he says at least the whales are providing some cover <laughs> yeah and i don't think he meant it as a joke but i thought it was kind of funny when, when he said it <laughs> he's right. like well you know, it, it didn't seem to be affecting the Purgles too much. Right. Interestingly. But, but it
1: seemed like the Purgles did not like it because they took off right after that.
0: Yeah. began jumping into hyperspace immediately following getting hit by these mines. And something we also noted during the reaction was that the direction that they jump into hyperspace is past Peridia, mm-hmm. like in the opposite direction that they came from, from the other galaxy. So I was right. like, well, now where are they going? I thought this was <laughs> the end of their migration trail, you know? Right. But, um, you know, after dropping out of hyperspace into the Imperial, or, or I don't know, are we calling Thrawn the Empire? Like post-Imperial?
1: Well, that that was what uh, Hu Yang called it, an Imperial minefield. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Ahsoka jokingly says, you had to say something. Hu <laughs> <laughs> Yang was like, I was being optimistic. <laughs> What a great. Um, These two have been not what I expected from this show, honestly. Like, yeah, I I wasn't expecting the comedy relief coming from Hu Yang pretty much every time you see him at some point.
0: Yeah. And there's much more of a kinship between the two of them than I ever would have expected, you know, to have between. I I think we're just used to droids generally being um, somewhat inanimate Mm -hmm. and not capable of having, like, you know, a human. Mm-hmm. to human or you know whatever alien to alien relationship mm-hmm. um like we've seen in star wars with so many characters and so the fact that a droid could be as like uh, you know not just comedic relief even though he does provide that but also le- also emotionally impacting as he is um really says something about who yang is a character I-, mm-hmm. I would i think i'm okay going on record saying he's my favorite i hesitate because of r2d2 which is the
1: only reason I hesitate. I think I like Hu Yang more than C3PO. Is that yeah. crazy to say?: I mean, you might get some, we might get some comments here, but I think <laughs> it's, it's, that's a take, that's a take for sure. But I mean I mean, especially with, with, with C3PO's longevity, I think that's always going right. to be the question, you know. but I mean, yeah. if you met each droid you know side to side here, yeah, I think I, I would see why Hu Yang would be a favor of the two. Right. I
0: mean, in the seven episodes of Ahsoka, you know, Hu Yang has emotionally driven the plot mm-hmm. more, I would argue, more than a C-3PO ever emotionally oh, sure. drove the plot of anything. Oh, for sure. Which I appreciate a lot, but I totally understand, <laughs> like, the iconic nature mm-hmm. of R2 and C-3PO. So,
1: well,
0: you know, it's hard for me to argue that, but I, right behind them, if you want to put them one and two, I think you mm-hmm. got to put Hu Yang at three.
1: I think we're going to have to have a droid draft. That's what we're going to have to do.
0: <laughs> the next draft on the channel, the droid draft. I'm I'm picking Hu Yang first round, baby. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll see who gets the uh, who gets first pick there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You are gonna steal Hu Yang from me? <laughs> hey, he 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 was number one in all the trade publications. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, after Hu Yang and Ahsoka pass the minefield, they are chased by the fighters, which have been deployed by Thrawn into the debris field composed of the Pergil Skeletons. Uh, They eventually managed to make their way uh, into navigating the debris field and being able to hide for a a brief amount of time before Thrawn calls them off. Um, I thought I want to touch on Thrawn a little bit here. I think this is one of the criticisms, and I, I feel like it's a fair criticism. I don't know if anyone else would have it or not. But I think the criticism I have of Thrawn, while it's not a giant one, I just feel like they haven't... Um, they did a better job in episode six, I will say, of kind mm-hmm. of showing hit like his force as a character. Sure. I didn't get it as much from episode seven. Um, having said that, I think there's still a lot of room to see that. And I think... This was just kind of because it was the second episode we got Thrawn and not the first left me feeling a little bit more wanting okay. in terms of his character. Did you get any of that at all, or am I just kind of, you know, grasping at straws in terms of, I like, wanting more from Thrawn?
1: No, I think, for me, I thought he had a pretty good role in here. You know, throughout the episode, he was showing his military prowess of how to... You know, try to get Ahsoka and still get off the island, or off the island. I'm thinking of Lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how to get off the planet with the, all the cargo? And I mean, in all honesty, this episode was about the the battle on on Paridia. You know, that was you know that was the more important part of the episode. And with him being the gent- you know, the Grand Admiral, he will be you know. At, from a distance, doing what he needs to do, you know, stri- with his strategy and all that. So, I, I think I was fine with it. I mean, I could see why other people would want him to be more of a force, but as you know, you know, and my my only um experience with Thrawn was you know from Rebels. So I know there's much more lore, you know, with EU, and um I did read some of the books. I didn't read uh I think there's six books of for him. I believe I only read the first three. But either way, you know, he was he's more of a strategic mastermind. And I, I felt like he showed that in this episode. So I was I was I was fine with uh, how the, he was portrayed here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely got the strategy piece. I just I think I think oftentimes the reason why I think Thrawn is a great villain is because he breaks the traditional stereotypical mold of what you think a villain mm-hmm. should be sometimes. You know, he's not someone who's going to like pound his fist and get angry and swing a lightsaber right. and like and like take this forceful demeanor in things that he says. Like he has a oddly passive tone mm-hmm. with this underlying, uh, you know, genius level intellect and and he doesn't let his emotions control him. And so I can right. appreciate that totally and i i definitely get what you're saying with the with the strategy piece as well but um i i don't know i i i just hope we get a lot of thrown in episode 8 maybe that's the mm-hmm. best way of saying this right right i got but, you yeah uh meanwhile Sabine and Ezra are traveling with the uh with the turtle species i still don't know if we have an official name for this species or whether the language they speak is the name of the species mhm I don't know if I should probably look that up. I don't even know if it's been confirmed anywhere or not. But um the little the little vehicles they drove.
1: Yeah, the I don't pods. even
0: re- Yeah, I don't even remember what comment we made during the episode. Uh but, but I just thought it was so funny how slow they were going. Right. Like it felt like a little tricycle, you know. But it
1: was like they were they were traveling in themselves. Like they were like I mean, they're very built like turtles also, those pods. Because we find out later on that there's like a hard covered you know, hard shell that goes kind of over the top of the pilot's seat. And right. it just looks like another turtle. So I, I, I thought that was that was a cute design and uh it was it was just funny kind of them kinda of just rolling along through Pridia, you know, just hanging out. And then later on when we see them get into a little bit of a chase, they they do pick up some speed. But at first we were like, they're not getting away from anything.
0: Yeah yeah i i still don't know because because the bandits speak noti right and the and the turtles speak noti right yeah but i don't know if the turtles are known as the noti yeah um i think they are and i if i recall from the last episode but uh, maybe someone can let us know that down in the comments is that the official name of the turtles
1: the Mm -hmm. noti no it's the michelangelo donatello
0: (laughs) yeah the ninja turtles yeah um, so while this is going on, as they're traversing across Paridia, Sabine is catching Ezra up on all the events that has happened just in the world of Star Wars, really, since he's been gone. Tells him about the Emperor, um, just how, you know, the fall of the Empire, that Ahsoka had taken her on and as her apprentice. And, you know, Ezra kind of shockingly responds, what? what? She what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and then he catches himself. He's like, I mean, congrats, you know. <laughs> um, so. Uh, kind of a cool scene, kind of a draw, a throwback to the original trilogy as a whole. It's weird to think about the fact that Ezra just wasn't even in the galaxy during the entire original trilogy as it was happening. He was just kind of living as a hermit with these noties somewhere out in the, you know, the the wastelands of Peridia.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That he, yeah, when, when she was catching him up with all, all that information, it's just weird to, it's like imagine us not. Seeing Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. at all, and then you end up here. You know, this is where you are, and you're like, "What?" You know, what? So, I it's just a it's just a different perspective. I never even thought of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't around for it. He was uh, on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> By
0: the way, I don't know how deep you want to get into like theorizing, but I just want to throw this out here about Ezra. Let's hear. It. I've seen I've seen stuff on social media about the fact he's wearing stormtrooper dog tags around his neck
1: Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. and and i saw a lot of theories leading up to episode seven kind of surrounding Balin's true intentions for being on peridia that it has to do with a more ancient evil force potentially Mm. and and after episode seven i read some like weird combination of these theories where it's the ancient evil force that's now controlling Ezra potentially, I mean, this is stuff that's like way out there, you wow. know wow I, I think it's people really just like trying to explain why he might be wearing stormtrooper dog tags um and also kind of playing on the fact that uh, that Ezra has been prone in the past to being vulnerable to the dark side and yes, so yes, absolutely um you know no, no explanation has really been given as to why that is you know mm-hmm. that and again this doesn't mean that he's bad or anything like that it's just right. you know is a noticeable odd thing about his his fashion choice that he's wearing <laughs> you know stormtrooper dog tags so hopefully we get an answer or maybe a, a hint at why that might be in the season finale next week but just thought that was worth throwing out there especially for all you theorists out there um and and then as the uh conversation with ezra and sabine is coming to a close balen and shin find the convoy i think there's a line where uh ezra's like friends of yours and sabine says nope <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and so this obviously leads up to what we'll talk about in a minute this pretty epic battle that ensues between uh shin and ezra and sabine as well as the bandits and the noti um but noticeably um well let me mention one other thing and then we'll get back to Balin and shin that during this time, the Night Sisters are also monitoring the debris field with their magic. Um, so I need to I need to know more about these Great Mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, about you know kind of their true intention. Why are they following along with Thrawn? Do they feel like they owe him something, or is their allegiance to him purely just to get off of Paridia? Right. I still want to know a little bit more about their intentions, but, um, you know, monitoring the the debris field. This is how. They find Ahsoka's location. Not exactly sure how that is, but it's Night Sister magic. So, with a K, don't with a K. <laughs> <laughs> so don't question it. Um, Ahsoka then calls Sabine through the Force. Uh, at, at the same time, the Night Sisters are able to pinpoint the ship, and then, of course, as we mentioned, Thrawn attacks on the location and sends the fighters after her. Um, something I noted to you. Which this was fresh on my mind because I was reading about it that the, the mm-hmm. day that we uh, reacted to the episode. But um, ahsoka calling out to Sabine in the force, and Sabine hears her to me, you know, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of episode nine. Mm-hmm. I think if you've listened to this podcast, you probably know that right. but and an important thing to note about episode nine is that Ray hears the voices of all these Jedi as she is facing Palpatine, you know, encouraging her, like pushing her on. Right. Um, And Ahsoka is notably one of those voices that she hears and is the only person whose voice she hears that we know, or perhaps that we don't Don't know. know exactly what her status is at that point in time. But we could almost presume that she's not alive if she's, being one of these force ghosts right but now having had this scene this makes me think that she might be alive during the sequel trilogy right if she is harnessed this ability to reach out in the force as she's dis- uh displaying here with sabine
1: what do you think i i want that to be that's my new headcanon for sure i want her to be alive <laughs> forever i don't want i know a few episodes back when Balin had mentioned you know uh you know having to kill a Tano, that would be a shame or something to that effect. Um, and back then I was mentioning, well, I think they may be preparing us for something later on, you know, maybe not in this season, maybe not in this series, but at some point. Um, so of course for that, I, I don't want that to happen, but if that were the case, if that is something that she used during that time with Ray, because I, I can't remember what Ray was saying because she kept saying something over and over, um to the jedi to kind of you know band up and you know be with her be with me something like that i can't quite remember what her uh what she kept saying over and over but you know that that means that that's all the jedi so it wouldn't necessarily mean it would all mean all the dead jedi at that point it could be ones that are alive as well and hopefully ahsoka is one of them yeah i wouldn't be surprised hey it's headcanon you heard it here (laughs) uh
0: Meanwhile, Balin and Shin, having the conversation that I referenced earlier, um, Balin says to Shin, kill Sabine Wren and Ezra Bridger and take your place in the coming Empire. And, of course, the immediate reaction, you know, from any viewer is like, what? what? I mean, is he not going with her? Like, what's he going to do? And Shin has the same, you know, natural reaction that all of us would have. She says, you won't help? <laughs> and, and, and Balin responds with a kind of cryptic, ambiguous statement. Uh, he says, your ambition drives you in one direction. My path lies in another. So this is really like the first concrete time in his discussions with Shin, where he's basically saying, you know, I'm going this way and you're not. You're right. going that way. You know, right. this is where we part ways. Um, will they be reunited? That we don't really know at this point in time. The... Foreshadowing would indicate that it's unlikely, or perhaps if it is going to happen, it's going to be at the time of one of their untimely demises. Um, right. Probably more likely Balin, but you know, we'll see. He also has another great quote, maybe the best quote of the episode, uh, says, "Impatience for victory will guarantee defeat." It sounds like something that Sun Tzu said in the Art of War, or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, but you know, I. I Gosh, I've said it so many times the last six or seven weeks. Balin has quickly become, if not my favorite character, the most intriguing character, character in this show by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just Ooh. I think that's what I'm most excited for next week. Yeah. I mean, I'm I would love to see like a cool Ahsoka Thrawn showdown. Um, and you know, kind of just get to see how this time on Peridia comes to a close or if it comes to a close. But the first thing that I am the most excited about is to understand what Balin has been wanting this whole time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of this podcast, but a great scene with, with Balin and Shin. Did you have any thoughts on it before we talk about the,
1: uh, the battle with the bandits and the no No, I mean, I agree this, this was probably one of the better scenes in the episode because it really, it had something concrete, like you said, and here is the fork in the road. I am going left, you are going right, yeah. you know, and the way that even Shin went back to, you know, answered him, you know, she knows, like, this is it, you know, and what I found interesting with the last quote, impatience for victory will guarantee defeat, and I'll mention this later in the, you know, when she's up against the last, uh, uh, against the Ahsoka and them, but it's just an interesting last thing to hear from somebody you, you know, you call it your master because that's, I mean, that, that is a, those are parting words. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Those, these are not, Hey, I'll see you next week. These are, you know, this is my last lesson to you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: man. I, I just, Ooh, I want to say so much about Balin and Shin, but <laughs> there is a point that we're going to make towards the end of the episode. And, and I'll save my, my thoughts for then, but we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Um, so as they part ways, uh, Shin goes with the bandits to chase the convoy. Uh, the, the little, the little no TV vehicles moving slightly faster now than they did before. <laughs> They're pulling out their slingshots. And Ezra jokingly says to Sabine, what? There are peaceful people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned during the, the uh, reaction. Yeah. This very Ezra Bridger, those slingshots, right?
0: Yep. Very true. Very true. Um, However, one of those vehicles does get disabled, and Ezra communicates to the Noti that they kind of form a circle around it in order not to leave anyone behind. Uh, and so, this was kind of a cool moment to sort of see the the cohesion of the group that Ezra has really become a part of, and and being uh, and being sort of a, a a watcher out, a watcher outer. What am I looking for here? A, uh, watcher. <laughs> a watcher, a <laughs> watcher. Yeah. A, uh, an overseer. How about that yeah, for yeah. the no tea species? So, um, so they form the circle and not to leave it behind. Meanwhile, Ahsoka is being chased by ships. She jumps out of the air, uh, out of the, 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 uh, the plane that, or the, <laughs> the plane, the ship. the ship that, that Hu Yang is flying and, um, you know, does this crazy somersault that any normal human, human being would probably have torn their ACLs from, but, <laughs> You know, it's Ahsoka, so uh she can do yep. whatever the heck she wants.
1: <laughs> listen, listen, I was a Derek Rose fan. I know all about torn Seals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and definitely both of them would be gone. Right, yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, RIP, Derek Rose's knees.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: uh so she jumps out of the T6, lands next to Valen, and uh the lightsaber battle ensues. This this was also another great moment of the episode. Um I, I just I wanted a lot from this battle and, and not to say that it wasn't good because I enjoyed it a lot, mm-hmm. but I was hoping there would be some more finality to it. Sure. Like if not finding out what Balin wanted, at least like, you know, maybe like meeting his end or I don't know, oh, right, just right, right. something consequential with Balin. I was really looking forward to in this lightsaber fight and it didn't really happen. Uh, mm-hmm. But another thing worth pointing out is at the conclusion of the fight, Ahsoka was sort of like, um, you know, she was almost had this peaceful look on her face Yeah, where she, where Balin says, you can't defeat me. And I, I wish I could remember her exact quote, but it's something to the effect of like, you know, perhaps I, I, I don't, know,
1: per- perhaps I don't have to,
0: right. Perhaps I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she, you know, she uses the smoke screen of, of Huyang shooting to kind of get away and, and rejoin Ezra and Sabine. Um, Battling the bandits and Shin, and so. Uh, meanwhile, the two gunships arrive, which Thrawn has has sent as reinforcements for for Shin and the, um, and the bandits. And so, at the same time, Thrawn notices that Balin is is noticeably absent from from the attack party, and so, perhaps instilling, uh, or maybe even confirming, a sense of doubt. That Thrawn had within Balin. You know, you kind of got hints of distrust from Thrawn towards Balin and Shin. Mm-hmm. Not only because he's willing to leave them on Paridia if necessary, but also because Balin is a former Jedi, which obviously Thrawn is right. uh, extre- extremely distrustful of. And so um Thrawn notices Balin has disappeared. Meanwhile, the night troopers surround the convoy, and Ahsoka joins in, and the three of them. Proceed to go absolutely ham on some <laughs> night troopers. We were also looking out for this part to see if there was some night sister magic that would exude from the night troopers when they were killed. Right. Um. Not to be seen in this scene. So we can assume that these are probably just people who have been here the whole time on Peridia with Thrawn and they're not, you know, re uh, reinvigorated. I don't right. think that's the, <laughs> that's the right word, but reanimated. Um, <laughs> reanimated thank you yes they're not reanimated dathomiri uh in these night trooper in this night trooper armor it's just people so um can you imagine being stuck on paridia for 10 years and then you know some jedi comes around with a lightsaber and just slices that's, you up that's the end we were here for 10 years and we almost made it
1: <laughs>
0: uh so after this defeat and the battle shin you know withdraws and uh the bandits have all been defeated and so Thrawn withdraws the troops and blames the loss on Balin. but he also says that it's an acceptable loss because the cargo is almost loaded as we get a little image uh, in the episode kind of denoting that it looks like it's I don't know 90% ready to go and so
1: we still we don't mis- know what it is in there
0: right still don't know what the cargo is the the pieces of cargo definitely look like there could be bodies in I'm I'm just saying yeah. I don't know if that's what it is or not but looks like could to me be. yeah uh and then Thrawn also has a great line where he says, Ahsoka Tano has lost something she could not lose today. And, and credit to you, you got it immediately. You said <laughs> it in the reaction. You were like, time, before he even said it. You're and right. I'm sitting over here thinking like, what is he going to say? <laughs> <laughs> am, I, am, yeah.
1: I, am I a genius? Am I a, a strategic mastermind? I'm a little scared now.
0: Yep, yep. Joey is Thrawn. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, so Ahsoka has lost Critical time I am a little interested in that line, though, because it seems like he knows something about her time and what, you know, what she needs to do with it, because it it seems like very heavy handed the way that line was delivered. So I'm thinking that there's there's a little bit more to this line than it just kind of being a cool line. I I feel like it's going to be something more. Okay, interesting.
0: I mean, I'm sure we'll find out next week what that might be. Um, right. Whether you mean like regarding the cargo, like the fact that it needs to be all on board in order for the time to be
1: achieved or what, what are you getting at? You think? Well, I think more he knows something about Ahsoka. That's what I'm saying, that there's there's something he oh. understands about her, uh, you know, because when he when they did their little reconnaissance on her, finding out that he, you know, she was you know, taught by Anakin Skywalker. He was very interested in all that. So I feel like he's got a little bit more intel that he hasn't shared quite yet.
0: I see. Okay. I like this theory. I like it. I can definitely see this being the case, but yeah, we will, uh, we will definitely be finding out if that's the case next week. Hopefully. Meanwhile, the troops flee from the battle and Ahsoka chooses to spare Shin Chin had a real moment where it looked like she was gonna sort of you know accept ahsoka's offer to put down her weapon and and go with the three of them but uh, ultimately chooses to run away and as sabine and or i think it's sabine and not ezra begins to pursue um that uh kind of holds her back yeah she, she just kind of holds her back and that's gonna become critical later on in the show more than likely Even if it's not in season one, there will definitely be a moment in the rest of this show where Shin is confronted with Ahsoka again, and perhaps it's even like you know Ahsoka is on the ropes. Shin is you know the Mm -hmm. sidekick to whoever is is the one that has Ahsoka on the ropes, and um, in a moment of desperation, Ahsoka kind of just like looks at Shin and asks for help and.
1: Yep, you know, she Shin
0: might be the person to provide it in
1: the right, future. Yeah, I could, I, I, could absolutely see that coming. But I, I want to think, talk a little bit more about Ahsoka saying, "I can help you." I mean, yeah. help—that's the—that's an interesting word in that sentence. You know, what do, you, what would she be doing to help her? Would she be training her? Would she be, you know, because obviously she knows that she's force sensitive and she has, uh, you know, the, these abilities. I would just right. be curious in, you know, what she meant when she was saying, "I can help you." I, this, I think, this seems like a. This seems like a, again another word that you know really could mean a lot more than just a, just a kind right. of throwaway sentence.
0: Yeah, I mean the way I took it is that Ahsoka is very much aware of the, I, I guess if we want to call it unrest or definitely uncertainty within Shin, mm-hmm. she's probably sensing it. I would sure, I would yeah, guess especially having you know departed from her master and now she's like what the heck am I doing out here in this other galaxy? Like, I don't even know if I'm going to see my master again. And I'm serving this blue guy with red eyes. And you know, like, what am I doing now? So I just think there's probably a lot of uncertainty from coming from Shin. And so I think Ahsoka just being Ahsoka, especially post episode five Ahsoka is kind of just sensing that and, you know, understanding that like in a way there's this cry for help coming from Shin, even if it's not like a verbal cry for help. So, um, yeah, I just I I really liked that scene, and again, that's going to come back around, and and I think going to benefit Ahsoka in the long run. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, after Ahsoka says, "Surrender your weapon," I can help you. Sabine says to Ahsoka, "I thought you were dead," uh, and then Ahsoka says, "You know, and miss this reunion." <laughs> and of course, Sabine didn't even tell Ezra that. You know, as, according to Sabine, in her own mind ahsoka was dead right and so this is a little bit of of a surprise in all regards to everyone present and so there's a cool reunion with ahsoka and ezra and and says guys i'm getting a feeling i think i might be going home after all which is a pretty sweet moment as well so um little does he know that it's not going to be quite as easy as (laughs) as he might think as we'll probably see in next week's episode but um ultimately that is the conclusion of the episode and um yeah, the, the main questions outlying being uh, what is the cargo that mm-hmm. Thrawn is putting you know, on his Star Destroyer? What is Balin's true motive? What is he going to do? How does Shin play into that? A- and perhaps the main storyline being how are the three of our protagonists here, four if you want to include Hu Yang, um, how are they going to deal with the threat of Thrawn? Uh, or will they deal with the threat of Thrawn? I guess there's a chance that Thrawn could leave them on Paridia. Um, I don't know. There's lots of different directions next week's episode could go. So, uh, a lot of exciting stuff here in regards to that. But having gone through the entire episode, uh, how do you feel about giving our favorite moments?
1: Sure. Right, yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. You want me to go first? Or you want to go first?
1: Uh, you can go first.
0: Okay. Well, I've alluded to mine already um, because I I noted that I'd mentioned it again at some point in the podcast. And in our podcast notes, under the favorite moment from the episode, I simply wrote Balin, (laughs) 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 which I think is also my favorite moment from last week's episode, too. Uh, Meaning that while it's not the most flashy, even though he did have a cool lightsaber battle, uh, while it's not the most flashy moments of the episode and the most like, holy cow, how you know, what's happening sort of moments. It's the most mysterious. It's the most intriguing. It is the most alluring. I just, I need to know what Balin's plan is. And if I don't know by the end of next week, I'm going to be very sad. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, this conversation he has with Shin is very impactful towards the overall scope of the episode because it creates the separation between the two. Uh, It creates the uncertainty within Shin, perhaps even distrust, Uh, between her and Balin you know we don't really know what their relationship is going to look like going Mm -hmm. forward now and so um, yeah I just uh, also worth noting that you know the two great quotes I read them earlier but I'll read them one more time Balin says to Shen in this conversation your ambition drives you in one direction my path lies in another he then also says impatience for victory will guarantee defeat so more or less, we're going to we're going to split ways here. And uh, after we split ways, don't be too hasty in trying to win because you'll lose. Is <laughs> <laughs> kind of what he's saying. So, um, yeah. And again, apart from the really awesome lightsaber battle he has with Ahsoka, which is one of my other favorite parts of this episode, um, just the character of Balin is incredibly enticing to me. And um Again, I'll bring up the theory stuff. you know, this might be over theorizing and I can totally see that. It's probably nowhere near what's actually gonna be the case next episode, but you know, is there this larger evil mm-hmm. force? or I guess it doesn't even have to be evil. Is there just a larger force looming on Peridia that Balin is somehow aware of that Thrawn and Elspeth and the, you know, the great mothers aren't that he's seeking? Is he going to find it if he is seeking it? If he does find it, what is he gonna do with it? What is right. his goal? I just I wanna know. I wanna know. That's so um any any part of Balin has typically been my favorite part of the last two weeks, especially, but mm-hmm.
1: really just the whole season of, of Ahsoka. So
0: then you're I not I gotta gonna, go with Balin.
1: You're not gonna like what I'm gonna say right here then. Uh-oh, is that uh-oh. I don't think Balin is gonna be in the next episode. I think this oh. I think that this the way that he ended this part here. He is just not in the next episode at all. He will be in later. He will be in mid-season two. Uh, he has escaped. He's. We will not see Balin in the season finale. That's, really? Is, I didn't even consider how, that. That is how... That's that's the way I see his character going. And you can... You, I mean, now that I've said it, you can kind of see that that could be... This could right. be kind of the the story's end for... You know, we, we know Thrawn's after him. Uh, We know he's got this other path. They're not going to wrap it all up next week. That's going to that's more information to come later. I could see that being a season two uh, storyline.
0: Yeah, I I definitely get what you're saying. I mean, my only thing would be obviously this was filmed before Ray Stevenson passed away. Right. Um, And so that could totally make sense. But then the question is, will we ever see Balin again in this show? Right. Um, gosh, if that if this week is the last <laughs> time we got to see Balin, oh, can you? Im- I mean, I'll be upset, not like mad, but I'll just be sad right, yeah. that that's how the character concluded.
1: Right. I, I just right. think
0: the fans in general will be so upset that that's. Oh, I, I, I mean, don't
1: know. I mean, yeah, I, I think even with that information, and you know, I don't think they would. Have less necessarily written around, you know, the unfortunate and timely untimely passing of Ray Stevenson, but I feel like that that could have gone either way. I I think that, you know, not obviously not knowing that this really could have been the end of his story just for the season, you know, right and for it to save for next season. So I could be wrong, but that's kind of where I where my mind went with this character,
0: and I can see it. I can see it. Okay. Well, okay, how about you? What was your favorite moment from the, from the episode 7?
1: I did want to mention how cool it was to see Hayden Christensen one more time <laughs> yeah. uh, during that. Uh, it wasn't necessarily my absolute favorite moment of the, uh, of the uh, episode, but honorable mention mm-hmm. that was really cool um, to see Ahsoka training. One, to see ah- Ahsoka training at all, and then two, to see Hayden uh, as Anakin one more time and 3 to see her little closet locker of like all those hilts if you remember. I when I looked at it later there were some training uh training droids in there as well. So it was just cool to see, you know, just a little behind the behind the "quote unquote non-jedi uh <laughs> closet there. Um so yeah, that was definitely one of them. But then the the big thing was just the overall the battle battle on Pridia was just so cool and you know how it concluded with uh, honestly, I think Ezra having, you know, this actor here really has brought a lot of this warmth to me, you know. Um, Seeing his interaction with Sabine, you kind of remember how they used to kid with each other, you know, just really bringing that family vibe back into, you know, back into the series here, which, you know, I I loved. And again, you know, in this screenshot we have here, another smile from Ahsoka being so happy to be around them all together again. So, you know, this show was just so good at, you know, and I've said it time and time again, those interweavings between shows and books and comics and movies and, you know, everything, you know, this show is doing a really good job at, you know, putting it, you know, being that, that, you know, those Venn diagrams, you know, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're that little circle right in the middle of all of that. And it's uh, it's been very enjoyable to watch.
0: Yeah, I think one of my biggest concerns when Ahsoka was announced was how they were going to do the you know how the casting for these characters was going to turn out, right? Right. And I'm I'm very pleased with with the way that the actors are. You know, just they've they've done an excellent job of portraying the rebels characters, and um, you know, if it, it doesn't it doesn't feel weird, it feels really natural right. and normal. So yeah, a feeling of warmth. It's yeah, really cool. Absolutely. So I will say before we grade the episode, do you think there's even like a slight hint of evil hidden within Ezra, or do you think he's kind of like a you know, a a, a peaceful, uh, ascetic Jedi right now.
1: Right now, I'm feeling he's in the peaceful state. You know, I mean, I could definitely see he could still maybe be swayed um, because he's kind of been on his own this entire time. So maybe he hasn't had, you know, more advanced training into being able to combat any of that. But I think for the most part, he's kind of on that lighter side.
0: Yeah. How about about you? How about
1: you? What are your thoughts?
0: I get the same impression. I really didn't have an inkling of the fact that he had this evilness to him until I saw these things online that were, like, "Why is he wearing stormtrooper? You know, right, right." Tags on his neck, and I was like, "Hmm, I could see them going that direction, but I don't really want it to go that direction." Right, right. So, I don't know. I I think it's unlikely, person. If I had to guess. Anyways, uh, yeah, a pretty epic conclusion of the episode with the, with the battle between the bandits, the notee, Shin, Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka. So pretty cool to see there. And then um, really the only thing that's left for us to do is give the episode a rank out of 10. Um, I'm going to go 9, Joey. I'm going to go 9. I think this is the first episode mm-hmm. I haven't given a 10 since episode 4. Right.
1: I think you... Was it 9.5 when you first came out of the episode yes yeah.
0: so when we when we reacted yesterday to it i think i initially gave it a 9.5 mm-hmm. and the more i thought about it i think i i i just there wasn't anything in the episode that was like uh capturing as the more uh world between worlds stuff in episode five with sure. anakin and ahsoka um, And I just, I was comparing it really to episodes five and six. And and while I still loved this episode, don't get me wrong. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, I think there is like a a little gap between episodes five and six and seven. So um, I knocked it down half a point from a 9.5 to a nine. Not for any particular reason. I mean, you know, the New Republic scene at the beginning was necessary for sure. Um, but at the same time, if C three PO wasn't in it, I would have probably been like, eh, yeah okay, you know. Um, so he definitely elevated that scene a lot, which was understandably why he was probably placed in that scene to make it, mm-hmm. you know, not just like a throwaway first ten minutes of the episode sort of thing, but not throwaway, but you know what I mean. Excuse me, not Carson.
1: A, Carson was in that. Yeah. In that ten minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. All
0: right, <laughs> Car- Carson Tim, <laughs> You know. Um, having said all that, I just. There wasn't <clears throat> as much Thrawn in yeah. this episode as I was kind of
1: hoping. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. kind
0: of got that's these, true. like, 20 to 30 second glimpses of him as Ahsoka and Hu Yang were doing things, but it wasn't ever really, like, Thrawn's mm-hmm. story. So that was another thing I thought about. So that's why I gave it a 9 out of 10. Nice. How about you?
1: I actually went up on my grade. Um, yeah, I think initially. we switched. Yeah, we actually switched. Yeah, so I, I gave it a 9 initially. But after doing the rewatch and, you know doing these podcast notes that we do, you know, for every, for every episode. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it the second time around, uh, more so the battle of Pridia was just really, and even during the reaction, you saw me like kind of say, Oh, what not what's going to happen now? And, you know, so they did a really good job with the, the pacing of it. And, um, when you in, when you're in these battles, you know, there's, there's always like multiple things going on and I think they balanced it really, really well. So, uh, and again, that warmth, that, you know you get from the family of Sabine and the rebels you know uh with 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 Hera and with uh Ezra I think they captured that really well and then Ahsoka in there as well so I think all of that to say that it just it it, it elevated it from that from like an emotional standpoint so I gave it a 9.5 just to bump it up 0.5 uh from yesterday's grade
0: nice and again we're both still pretty high on this episode it, Absolutely, it was yeah. it was one of the better ones of the entire season i would also say so um very last thing we want to do is uh, somewhat of almost like i, I don't know if we want to call it like a new segment of the podcast but we're posing a big question to conclude mm-hmm. the podcast so and, maybe we can get some like audio effects that say like, you know, Yeah. Like, big,
1: big question <laughs> right and I, I mean i was pretty much setting this question up here to right to, to shock right. you as well Yes, this week's big question is: Will we see Balin Skull
0: in the finale? Let us know either on social media or in the comments of the YouTube video what your thoughts and opinions are. Will we see Baylen Skull in episode eight of Ahsoka? I sure hope so. <laughs> I'm gonna take the yes side just because I want it so badly. That's fair. But. Let us know down in the uh, comments and on social media what your thoughts are as well.
1: Uh, I'll be expecting after the finale, there's going to be hashtag saying hashtag Joey was right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please no!
0: I want Balin so bad. <laughs> but. Well, uh, we appreciate you all so much for listening to this one. Uh, on next week's episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast, we will be covering the series finale, hopefully just the season finale, but For the time being, the series finale of Ahsoka, which will be episode eight of this season, it is going to hopefully be mind-blowing. We will also be doing a reaction to the episode as well. That reaction will become available on Wednesday morning next week. The podcast, as always, will become available Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, as will this podcast become available on September 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. If you have any other thoughts or questions for us, Star Wars or otherwise, make sure you can always send those to us over on Twitter. You can send us a DM on Instagram, or you can email us hothangout at gmail.com. If you are not subscribed to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel, we want to encourage you to head on over there and hit that big red subscribe button, because we would very much appreciate it. Uh, We want to thank the 330 of you who are currently subscribed to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel. So thank you so very much there. If you're an audio podcast listener, thanks as always for listening. Whether it's on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast, make sure to leave the Hoth Hangout podcast a five-star review, and we would appreciate it so very much. And of course, you can check us out on the socials at TikTok, Instagram, and X, at Hoth Hangout on each of those. Normally, this would be the part where we say thank you, Gibo, for producing the show. Gibo did produce a lot of the assets for today's show. But I also want to give a special shout out for this show because guess what? We didn't mention it at the beginning. Joey was kind of behind the scenes producing this episode as we went along. So uh, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, which I will say was incredibly smooth for (laughs) someone who was uh, hosting the podcast and doing the scene changes. So uh, Joey, yeah, shout out to you, man. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> if you don't see the bees of sweat, uh, from the uh entire episode, yes,
0: yes, and uh, also do want to give a special note courtesy of the um uh, the episode notes here. Shout out to Gibbo for being the third Dathomirian Night Sister with us and our black magic <laughs> w- with a K, with a K. <laughs> <laughs> um, That about does it. You got any last thoughts, Joey, before we close?
1: Uh, I'm sad that this is coming to an end. This, uh, this, this, this this season, hopefully just the season, not the series. Right. Um, but it's, we will, we will be back next week. This is so much, this is probably the best star Wars that I've seen in a very long time. Uh, of course we hate to see it end, but I hope it goes out with a bang. And I hope we can see Balin. (laughs) We're not going to see (laughs) Baylin.
0: No, I, I think we will get a season two in the future. I'd be shocked if we don't. But, Same, I agree. I agree. Um, season one, the end is looming, and uh, we'll be arriving next week. As I said before, we'll be reacting to the episode. That video will go live Wednesday morning. The podcast with the breakdown and react and the uh, discussion will go live Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, as every single episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast always does. Shout out to George Lucas. Shout out to Dave Filoni. Shout out to Night Sister Magic, Ahsoka, and Thrawn. We'll be back next week to catch all the Ahsoka season finale action. We're going to be so excited for that one. We hope all of you are too. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the Hoth Hangout podcast. This has been episode 51. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate each and every single one of you. And may the
1: Force be with you.